Good morning. Welcome to the meeting. Thank you so much for being a part of it. I am Justin Lee Peterson. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning to everybody here. Appreciate you guys being here, especially since it's vacation time, summertime, and the living is easy. <laughs> Welcome to the meeting. You can get involved with this live by calling 1-800-411-BOND, 1-800-411-2663, or email church at bondinfo.org, church at bondinfo.org. And uh, I can answer your questions, comment, and respond to you as the meeting is happening. Appreciate you being a part of it. You know, last week we talked about uh, recognizing evil when you see it. And uh, we talked about how evil is constantly working just as good is working. And people don't realize it because evil has been set up to look like good in many cases. Especially when people are emotional about something or they say or do or appear to be doing uh, good things when it really can be evil. And we gave the example of the Michael Jackson funeral where, and then at funerals we tend, you know, people tend, I don't but people tend to lie at funerals anyway, right? You're not allowed to tell the truth about the person. You have to go and lie about the person at the funeral. And, and because it's a funeral, it gives you a mindset that you have to lie, that you have to kind of be kind of nice at the funeral, you know. For example, they, you know, they talked about how wonderful Michael Jackson was. They turned him into a Martin Luther King Jr. They didn't tell the truth about the guy. They didn't say, you know what, Micah had great talent. He was known by the world, around the world. He had lots of money, but he was an unhappy person. Addicted to drugs, you know, destroyed his body. He could never, he appeared not to ever be able to find peace. So let this be an example of what not to do. You know, don't seek after fame and money first. Seek after the kingdom of God and find that peace. And then he'll give you all the money and whatever else you should have. But they would not say that. Like, oh, this is a hero. He's, a, he's our, he belonged to us. And he was all good, all knowing Dr. King. And I thought, what a sad. And then they had those little kids up there singing, We Are the World. Remember that? Yeah. And I'm thinking, this is a sad message to send down to children because now they're going to try to have what Michael had and then live a miserable life, and at the end they're going to die, and then you have to lie at their funerals too. And so I asked you to, uh, this week to see if you can recognize evil in your life when you see it. Did anybody do that this week? No. No, one of you guys are all dead. <laughs> no one did it. You did a favor? Yes, sir. And what did, you, did you recognize evil when you saw it? Yeah. Give me an example. Uh, just the thoughts that try to get me involved in them. Any thought about any, like, kind of an intellectual thought about just something simple that I see. I don't, I can't say something specific right now, but just that, that kind of often thing that, you know, talks in my voice that repeats what I see and tries to act like the light. That's. Okay, that's a good example. And people don't recognize that, that, that voice that you listen to, that thing you hear that not you is evil. It's not of God. A lot of people think it's the Holy Spirit speaking to them. They think that this thing that talked to them sounds like them is God talking to them, which is really from the evil one. 
It has nothing to do with God at all. Get them to cut down the noise out there. It has nothing to do with God at all. That's a, a very good example, Fabian. And I noticed yesterday how it is, it's like um, evil is masquerades as, it's usually not blatant, although sometimes it is, but it's like, it's like a, a know-it-all. It wants you to know. It wants you to know intellectually. It talks to you. Yeah. It, 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 it wants you, it wants you filled with knowledge. It, it doesn't want you dumb in that space where you really don't know and, you know. Yeah, it doesn't want you to be empty so that God can fulfill you. You should always be empty. But the imagination, which God tells us not to be involved with, it's always trying to keep us fulfilled. It always tries to keep us busy to distract us from that reality, from true reality. Absolutely. That's good. Yes, sir. You noticed evil this week? This week? Yeah, uh, yes, I believe I did. In a way, uh, way every time. I believe I, uh, the evil I see is the evil, uh, evil I have in, a, in, de in doubt. For example, I may, I may finally have the tools I need to finally build my business the way I want to. And yet, uh, so, uh, something I've discovered, something in, in me that may, uh, may doubt me, uh, doubt that I have what it takes to b uh, build it. Perhaps that, that something is guilt of all the wrong, uh, all the wrong I, of the wrong I did a long time ago. Yeah. I, that's, that's why God said that you must forgive. You must forgive yourself and others because it will bring on a false guilt. And guilt will bring on doubt and everything else that you have to do. You know, Jesus said that uh, before you enter the temple, you must forgive. You must forgive before you can enter into the temple. And Every day on my radio show, I'm arguing with Christians about forgiveness, about real life. There's a different life that you receive once you're born again. And I'm arguing with these people about that real life that you get. They have not found it, for the most part. And I'm, I'm, I find myself arguing with them about it. They are so, as most people are, when you're not born again, they are so identified with the, with the, the not you self. They identify with culture. You know, I tell them, I'm not into the black thing. How can you be into the black thing and be born again into the spirit too? You can't, you can't have but one God. You can't be into the white thing or the black thing or the type of friends that you hang out with or your culture. You, all that stuff God said we must lay down. But I'm fighting with people every day who says that they are born again and they are still identified with the outer world. They have not entered into the kingdom of God. And God said that we must, if you're going to enter in, you've got to forgive first. I've gone to church all of my life. I'm always, I think I may have been born in a church. And most black people, you know, go to church. And I remember growing up, that because my father wasn't there for me, I had this, this like a desire for my father. Some of you have heard this story before. I had this, this need for my father from within. I didn't put it there, it was already there. But I had a good stepfather, and a, uh, my mother, she did the best that she could do, but I still had this thing for my father. I went to church every Sunday, and, and sometime on Wednesdays. You ever had to go to church on Wednesday? <laughs> White people don't go to church on Wednesdays, right? <laughs> yeah. 
But I would go to church on Sundays and sometime on Wednesday, you know, prayer night. Then they would have revival and all that kind of stuff. But I never, I grew up not finding what I was looking for. I grew up with that unforgiving heart, but thinking that I had it. You know, I thought I had it. And as a result of that, I struggled with life, thinking that this is how it should be. I didn't know that I needed to, before I could be born again. Now, they told me that you need to, if you want to be born again, you must confess that Jesus is Lord and Savior and that he died for you and rose again on the cross. You've heard that before, right? Everybody and their mama have gone through that. Nobody changes. And then when they don't change, they say, well, you know, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You've heard that, right? right. That's, that's an excuse that is made up when you live in the darkness because the spirit controls the flesh when you're born again. It really does. It's stronger. It has authority over the flesh when you're truly, truly born again. So I go through life, and, I, and I'm using this as an example of in order to enter the temple, you must forgive, all right? I, I, I resented my mother because she was dominating and controlling. You know, she had no patience. She, would, uh, she wouldn't uh, validate the truth. If I pointed out the truth about herself, then she would say, shut up, I'm the mama, you know, don't tell me what to do, blah, 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 kind of thing. You're being disrespectful. That's the worst thing you can do to a child. When, you, when parents are wrong and the kids see that they're wrong, the worst thing you can do is say no to them or make them shut up when they can see where you're coming from because you shut them down spiritually. You start to cause them to become angry at you, and then they start to become just like you. They take on identity. That's why a lot of boys act like girls. They're angry and, you know, and it's bad nowadays. There are, uh, a lot of boys got attitudes just like little girls. They won't talk. You know, they act out. Have you seen that with boys now? And especially in this generation where the men are weaker, these boys are just like little girls. In the good old days when boys were boys and men were men, boys didn't act like girls. But because they're so influenced by their mama now, you become like what you hate. They're acting just like they have attitudes. They're insecure. They, they have doubt and fear at a very early age, and it's hard to get to them at that point. This is why God said, you must be born again. And so I grew up angry, but I didn't know that my anger was keeping me from being born again. I thought it was okay because everybody else had it. No one had said that, you know what, you need to drop it, and here's how you drop it. And I had gone down to the front of the church and accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. So I figured, you know what, this is the way it is. The preacher said, it's the way it is. This is the way it is. But uh, you're not going to enter into the kingdom of heaven until you can die from unforgiveness. Because unforgiveness is what keeps the mind busy. It keeps you lost in your thoughts. Unforgiveness causes you to react to your outer environment. People can build you up, tear you down, make you feel good, make you feel bad. Unforgiveness is what causes you to be, become sick and ill. You get cancer and all types of diseases. It causes you to have sex before time. It causes you to look for love in all the wrong places. It per, unforgiveness pre prevents you from your talent from coming forth. Unforgiveness for, uh, prevent you from entering into the kingdom of heaven while you're living 
so that you can have a good life on earth. You don't have to wait until you die. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't want to take that risk of waiting until I die to have a good life. You don't know what's going to happen when you die. It's best to try to do it now while you live because it has been made possible to do it, to live that way. But we're not taught how to do it. And most people are growing up angry, all in the name of Jesus. And they're passing on to their next generation. Every generation is getting worse and worse. And the the preachers tell you, you know what, you can't help it. You can't be, you got to control anger. You cannot control anger. It's a spirit that has made a home inside of you and it's passed on from the parents to the next generation and the next generation and the next generation and the next, and it goes on. And anger is mean. Why would you want to control something that is so evil and destructive? I was talking to, well, I talk to people all the time, but I was talking to a Christian man the other night and they hate other people. They see the weaknesses of another, other people and they hate those people. Oh, this person is so, I mean, you can just hear the devil speaking through them about somebody else. And I say to them, don't you see how evil you are? What gives you the, the, the right to hate another person for being wrong or being weak or being this or being that when you're the same way? Have you noticed that people who judge others are just like the per, uh, person or people that they're judging? And if you have it, just the next time you talk to someone and they're putting down their fellow man and mad at their fellow man or woman, just kind of stand back a little bit and, and observe that person. It's the worst of the worst of the worst. And I would never, ever, ever, and I advise you, never, ever, ever trust a person that talk about another person behind their back. Don't ever trust a person that has not forgiven. They cannot be trusted. I don't care if it's your mama, your daddy, your sister, your brother, your enemy. Never trust, and this just occurred to me, never trust another person who has not forgiven. That person will destroy you. Just as they are putting down their fellow man, as soon as you walk away, they'll do it to you too. I don't care who it is. This is why God said that mankind's heart is evil and cannot be trusted. Everybody have an evil heart. This is why you must be born again. But these, these people, they, you know, they go on off on their fellow man, how bad they are. I mean, just roaring with anger. And I'm thinking, this is so crazy. It doesn't make sense to be mad at someone else about their life. Whether they are right or wrong, it's not logical that someone else can move you like that. It's not logical that someone else can make you feel insecure. It's not logical that someone else can make you feel like you are being loved. And then they can take it away from you and make you feel unloved. Isn't that like crazy? No? It's insane. But that's how people are living all in the name of Jesus. And then they're living that way because they are not forgiven. They are not uh, enter into the kingdom of heaven within. They have not found, per- when you find perfect peace, you don't need anybody to love you. You're never missing love. You're not identified with your color, with you know, anything of the world. You, you can't help yourself. You're not moved because someone like you or don't like you. Because the person that likes you today can hate you tomorrow. 
or as soon as you say something that they don't agree with. It's madness what's going on in the world today. And it's worse. It's getting worse and worse and worse. It's not getting better. It's just getting worse. People are so influenced by the world. And Christians, if you doubt me, listen to my radio show. They have it worse than the secular people. We're supposed to have a power in us. And that power is the ability not to react to the world around us, but to give our love to them. And love is not lying. Love is telling the truth. But it's not, it causes you or prevents you from getting mad. I'm never mad at my fellow man. Never mad at them. I cannot be mad at my fellow man. It's not the nature of God to be mad at your fellow man. That's their problem. We may not agree. You know, I'll speak up and tell the truth. But if you don't want it, that's fine. God is not mad at you when you don't take it. He'll let you suffer and die. You notice that? He'll let you end up on skid row with your Bible. There are more Bibles on Skid Row than in the Abbott Church. And you know where Skid Row is downtown? Anybody don't know where it is? Go down on, uh, I believe it's 9th, I think it's 9th Street. So what? All in that little area there. They got more Bibles on Skid Row than anywhere else. And the people still on Skid Row with a Bible. And God and, and Jesus up there drinking their coffee in the morning. Uh, you know, I saw him over at uh, Coffee Bean the other day. <laughs> they have a cafe mocha waiting in line. They go sit and they just look down at the world and let you suffer all in the name of Jesus. And the reason for that, because Christ has done all that he's going to do for you. It's been done. It is finished. Remember when he said it's finished? It's done? It's done. You just have to receive it. Now, how do you receive it is the question. That's the question. How do you receive it? And people's mind been so messed up that they don't know how to receive it. They don't know how to receive the gift that's already been given. And so they're living in the, in the, in the ego of their minds and their, and their imagination. They're suffering unnecessarily. We should be winning the spiritual battle. We should not be losing it. And everything that we do in life, absolutely everything, is spiritual. It's a battle between good and evil. Uh, God put people in front of us so that we can love them. The devil put people in front of us so that we can hate them. And it's depend on the God that you serve, how you're going to deal with the people in front of you. You hate your fellow man, you of your father the devil. If your fellow man can make you angry, or woman, you're of your father the devil. If you turn children from evil, from good to evil, you're of your father the devil. If you're impatient with your kids, or with your husband or your wife, you're of your father the devil. If you have doubt and fear and worry, insecurity, uh, attitude, you're of your father the devil. It's not the personality of God. God is of the light, and there is no light in hating. There is no light in overreacting. There is no light in fear or doubt or insecurity. And so finally, I went through 38 years of darkness, all in the name of Jesus, thinking that I had it, but when I die, then I have peace, because that's what the preacher said. But finally, I heard someone say, be still and know God. Just shut up, be quiet, and, uh, and you'll enter into the kingdom. And not understanding what was going to happen, I sat still. Just this time I wasn't begging. I wasn't asking anything. I just wanted truth. I, I, I had a hunger for it. just wanted it. I was tired of living the way that I was living. 
angry and being controlled. I used to be so controlled by women. Anybody ever been controlled by women? <laughs> Just three of us, right? <laughs> I used to be so controlled by women, I couldn't do without them. I had, in order for me to break up with one, I had to have another waiting in the, in the wing. Anybody ever done that? Because it feels like you're missing something. Like, you know, <laughs> you feel so attached to them that if you didn't have one, it looked like something was missing in your life. Women had that kind of control on me. But I didn't understand. I thought it was natural. Everybody else was doing it. The preachers were doing it. Everybody had to have a woman. And so I was addicted to it. So I literally had, if, if I was going to break up with one, let's say I was sick of her. Didn't want to be with I had to go find somebody else. Then I'd go back and tell her I'm done. <laughs> but um, so I sat quietly. And what I noticed that happened that had not happened before is that God caused me to forgive my parents first. I had to forgive before I could enter into the kingdom within. I had to stop hating my mother because she had done the best she could do. She was wrong, but she, she did the best she could do when I was a, a child. Her mother had messed her up. She resented her mother, so she was just passing on to me what had happened to her. And my father was too weak to deal with her because his mother had messed him up, caused him to become angry, and now he's subject to women too. So I had no help. And my mother and father couldn't help themselves. And I had become like them. So he caused me to see that and caused me to forgive because it is a spiritual thing and you cannot make yourself forgive. You can't, if we could make ourselves forgive, we all would have dumped it a long time ago. No, most people don't want to live like that. You have to be on drugs and alcohol to be happy. You know, you have to have a woman at your side to be happy or, or an automobile or a certain kind of friend. That's a horrible way to live. But he caused me to forgive by allowing me to see that it was my resentment, my, my anger toward my parents first that was holding me back. And when he caused me to forgive, he allowed me to just enter into the kingdom of heaven and caused me to see in a different manner. And everything changed just like that. It was just done. It changed just like that. He gave me perfect peace. He, uh, he allowed me to disassociate myself with the color, get away from the black thing, stop judging other people. He took away all the fear, all the doubts, all the worry. He like wiped it away. And what I realized that it was already there the whole time, but I was looking in the wrong place for, the, for it. Uh, in all the wrong places. I thought I could find it in the Bible. I thought I could find it if I went to church. I thought I could find it here and there. But it's right here inside of us. And it's right there. It's just right, right there. It's right at hand. The kingdom of heaven is right at hand. But you're not going to get it until you can see, observe, become aware of your hatred, your unforgiveness. Until you can become aware of that and take the pain of it. Because it's painful to see that you're wrong. If you want somebody to hurt you, tell them that they're wrong and they don't want to see it. But most people do not want to face the fact that they're wrong. That it's that ego nature, the life that you got to die from. But it is, and if you could just face that long enough to die from it, you can enter in just like that. Because God will cause you to forgive and that ego will start to fade away, and you can live this life that you were created to live. Your talent, your purpose in life, and everything will come forth for you.
But the harder thing it is for people to forgive, it's hard to admit that you're wrong. Anybody understand, disagree with that? Yes, ma'am. However, in my case, I, I thought that, or I felt like I have forgiven right. you know, everyone uh, that I know that I need to forgive. Uh, and, and I still am not able to uh, get rid of that fear. And I, I don't even know what the fear is anymore. I remember being, you know, fearless. But recently, I mean, this week, you know, looking at evil, um, I was so paralyzed by fear, yeah. I started to come over here and just sit, you know? Yeah. I felt like, what is going on? You know, I was just paralyzed. And, and I'm not sure what it is. I, I don't know what it is. The next time it happens, do not try to figure it out. Don't, cause the devil, I remember someone said last week that you gotta question things so that you can try to understand it. Don't question it, just observe it. Allow yourself to feel that because it, it is coming from uh, some, some type of resentment that you have that you have not discovered yet. And it's keeping you from the light of God within that will cause it, that, that will cause it or cause you to overcome it. The light of God will rebuke it, take it away from you. But you gotta be still long enough and just allow yourself to feel it. And just slightly or just be aware of it. And, and, and it would be God shining the light on it. And he would take care of it. He would do the rest. Do not freak out. Just let yourself feel it. I remember when I would have fear about something. You know, didn't know how, what the outcome. I would be almost paralyzed. I would get up and function anyway. And just go home in the evening and just lay out on the couch. Because this thing would just overtake me. And I would say to God, you know what? I'm, I, maybe I have to go through this for a reason. Just give me the courage and the strength to go through it. And I just did what I have to do, but did not try to take it away. Didn't run to food or sex or friends. Just allow myself to feel it. And the greatest thing you can do for that is to be aware of it. That's all you need to do. Don't try to remove it because it's a spirit that's made a home in you. And it's something that you just haven't seen yet that, uh, uh, the pain of it is allowing you to know that it's still there, and that's all you need to know about it. Don't, don't judge yourself, because a lot of people judge themselves. Oh, I thought I was a Christian. I'm not. You know, that this thing. Don't do any of that. Just watch it. Be aware. Be still and know God. It's like that's the moment to be still and know him. When you're angry at someone, when you have doubt, when you have worry, when you feel that insecurities, insecurity, if you could be still in that moment and just watch it, then God would do the rest. But the devil is working on your mind trying to get you to do something about it. Trying to make you judge yourself. Trying to cause you to run out and take a drink. Or do something because he doesn't want to, to die from you. He doesn't want that part of his nature to die. So next time it happens, just sit quietly. It's going to feel like death. And in reality, it is death. But it's a spiritual death away from evil toward good. You must die from that. And it's just some still unresolved anger that you have that you just haven't discovered yet. Because once you're born again of God, you're going to know it without a doubt. Life is easy. Once you, you have to put no effort into it. You just see how to live. In the Bible it says that our whole body will be filled with light. 
And that means that God lives within us and he will allow us to see us. The more we calm down and become aware, he fills us with light so that we can see and overcome. So next time, just take the pain. Don't run. Get up and go to work. And, uh, if you can't eat, don't worry about it. But just take that pain because that's the ego dying. So many people are identified with that pain body. They identify with that. They think that that's them. They think that something is wrong when they feel that pain. But that's a good thing to feel that pain. When that is happening, it is a good thing. Don't take medication. I mean, unless you're, on a, you're going to die, the doctor gave you some antibiotics. Take your medication that way. But don't take those pills that cause you, what are those pills? Antidepressant pills. Because you don't feel the pain when you're high like that. Take the pain. That makes sense? You got to stop running from the pain and run toward it so God can save you from it. And every, when, when I was talking to this, this person this week, they were going off on somebody else. They had pain in their own body. But the way to escape it was to judge somebody else. Because it feels good to judge others. Have you noticed that? Yes. It feels like, yeah, I'm better than this person that I'm judging. That's why people judge. Because insecure people judge others in order to feel better. When God said we have to love our enemies, and so we can't even judge them. Now, we, we deal with them, but just don't hate them. So next time, just take it. All right? Don't. How did you finally overcome it? It just went away after a while? Yeah, it's still there. Next time, just, just watch it and take it. Just, and it'll work itself out. You, you must die. Did anything. Um, and maybe I, maybe I, uh, mm-hmm. And when you pray, when you pray, stop hooping and hollering. Don't beg God for anything. Don't, because he already know your needs. Just be still and know him. And see, when we become his children, he want us, he made everything for us. He doesn't want you to stress out for things. So he'll take care of you, but he, he's trying to get you back into the kingdom so he can take care of you. Otherwise, you're children of the devil. That's why. So, so next time, just take it and watch it. And just watch it. When I say watch it, just notice you're feeling, God, I feel like I want to die, you know. I feel this fear. Just notice it. That's all you need to do. When you pray, just be quiet and let the truth catch up with you. And, and that pain that you feel is what you want to feel so that you can die from it. Don't, a lot of people run to the Bible. They feel fear. Oh, the Lord's here. Where the scripture that said the Lord's, oh, where's my sword? <laughs> the truth is already in us. It really is. And, and just, you just got to live. We got to live and let live. You got to live and let live. God would take care, but you got to forgive so you can enter in. You're not going to enter into the kingdom as long as you have unforgiveness in your heart toward yourself and others. It's just that simple. Uh, did I see your hand? Yes, sir. Um, it occurred to me that I, I read a, a, a scripture that said, um, pray, pray always. Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing, that's it. And um, maybe made me logic that if you're praying unceasingly, then how is it that there is ever a moment when you can sin? If you're always in prayer, 
prayer is your communion with God, how is it you can sin then? And you can't. You can't. Right. So how do you get to a point where you are praying unceasingly? I love that question. So you do not. Isn't that a great question? <laughs> or is it just me thinking that? Just you. <laughs> that is a perfect question. I like it when you guys come here with questions because it helps us to fellowship. Instead of me coming all the time, I have to bring you the message. And I get better, and then you just die. You just bring your money, and then you die. I love that question. I mean, it's a great question. I mean, if you're truly in prayer, because I have been about to do wrong and then say out in the air, Lord, keep me from doing this, and yet that doesn't happen. I do it anyway. That's right. That must not be. <laughs> That's not it. Ceasingly. That's right. Lord, keep me from the ice cream store. Right. While you're on your way to the store to buy a gallon. Then you buy the gallon, you get home. Lord, keep me from eating all of it. <laughs> yeah, in the first setting. Keep me, Lord, from eating all of it. Why at the same time you're eating all of it? It doesn't work. Have you noticed that prayer doesn't work yet? The preachers say, do it. Yeah. They say, oh, just, just pray. <laughs> but I prayed already, and nothing changed. And now that you've prayed and nothing changed, you're afraid to admit that nothing changed. You don't want to say that nothing changed because you think now if I admit nothing has changed, then I'm not a Christian. This is one thing after another. Who want to live like that? Why would anybody want to have a lifetime of a life like that and say that you believe in God? It doesn't make sense. Isn't that a good question? Yeah? Man, time is going by. Um, I'm going to get another Christian to answer it for you or respond to it, and then I will. Because we're fellowshipping, and just like the preacher know the truth, you can know the truth too. Mind you, one thing I like about words, I like about words, words are not supposed to hang around. Words are um, a direction to where you want to go to, and you're not supposed to hold on to words. They should go in one ear and out the other. You're never, ever, 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 ever supposed to hold on to words, to teaching. Do not hold on to it. It's just a, like a flagpole. You know, it's, it's, it's a direction to tell you where to go. The problem is, most people hold on to every word. There's a song that says, I hold on to every word. You ever heard that song? <laughs> every word I ever heard. <laughs> You're the best. You ever heard that song? What you got? You got them party while growing up or something? <laughs> Those Motown days, they don't make music like that anymore, so that's why. They make garbage now. But uh, you're not supposed to hold on to words. And the reason for it, because when you hold on to words, you start, the devil use that to make you think you have something that you don't have. He causes you to live from the outer instead of the inner. And all you do is spend a whole lifetime repeating words. And nothing ever changed. Words, it's, it's just a direction. The Bible is like a map back to us within. It, the Bible never intended for us to hold on to the Bible. It said the kingdom of heaven is within. The Holy Spirit is there. He'll teach you all things. He'll guide you. He will instruct you. But the problem is that people hold on to the words of the Bible never connected with the Holy Spirit. Because he got a head full of words. Even the preachers say, you know what, you got to put it in you. Put it inside of you. And the Bible said that that goes in, kill you. 
that that comes out give us life. Have you noticed that? But, but our teachers got us packing stuff inside of us. The more you eat, the better you feel, right? It's not true. The less you eat, the better you feel. The less words you put inside of you, the better, better off you are. I want to go back to that question now. Um, what was the question? Oh, how do you pray without ceasing? Let me get a good Christian to tell you. We have any Christians here? Everybody's scared to be a Christian now, huh? Who have heard the term pray without ceasing? Who have heard of that before? All right. Let me get a good Christian. Uh, I answer it. I don't see a good Christian. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, I see everybody all nervous. Don't let him call on me. Ugh. When you, God said that we should have one mind, have his mind, have the mind of God. Um, he says that this other mindset that we have, those thoughts that sound like our thoughts and that appear to be our thoughts are not his thoughts. They're not his ways. Those ways are of the devil. They're not even our thoughts. Even the voices that we hear that talk to us, you know, that's the voice of the devil. It's not the voice of God or our voice. We're not in control of anything. But he said that we need to have one mind, have the mind of God. And what I notice is that when you're born again, you, you enter into this kingdom of heaven within, because it's within and it's up there too when you die. But when you enter in, he renews your mind. He gives you a new mind. But that mind is an awareness. It's like a consciousness, the consciousness of God. And in that consciousness, all information is there. Everything you need is there. And, but you're connected with him, and that is what it means to, to pray without ceasing. It's when you're conscious of him, when your mind is the same as his, or one with his, you're in prayer with your father, your spiritual father, and you're connected to him. But a lot of times people go unconscious. It's like when you're driving down the road, and you don't remember, you're just thinking about what's going to happen when you get there, and you don't remember anything along the way. And you're just there, and you wonder, how in the world did I get here? Because you, your mind was disconnected. You were in an unconscious state, in the darkness of your imagination. So you're out of prayer with the Father, but in prayer with the, other, the devil, your other Father, which is darkness. So when you can have the mindset, when you can be conscious, when you can live in the, in the moment, because he is in the moment. He's not in the past. He's not in the future. He's in the right now. So when you're in the moment, then you are in prayer, and you are with the Father. And, and life and everything you need is right there. There is no fear. There is no doubt. There is no worry. There is no anything. Everything is right there. It's possible to be healed. You know, you can see your way out of your situations when you are conscious of this moment where God is. But I will, the ego thought, which is of the devil, causes you to live in the past or the future. And in that, there is nothing but death, fear and worry and insecurity and all that kind of stuff. But just to be in the moment. That's why when you be still and pray, God disconnects you from your imagination so you can become aware that this is not you. And you can enter into the kingdom just like that when you sit still. But it's just to be mindful. Some people call it mindful. But be conscious of the moment and not lost in your imagination. And you're in prayer. That's all to it.
being, being now. It's, and that's the hardest thing for people to do. You get in your car, the first thing you do is turn your radio on because you don't want any reality. You don't want to be bored. You don't want any pain, so you turn the radio on and you just bebop all the way down the street, unconscious. Or you stay angry at yourself or somebody else so you can have no consciousness of what's going on. You're out of prayer. It's so simple. And if you can just grab hold of that, you can live. There's nothing like having one mind with God. And the thing about it, Christ has already made it possible. All we have to do is receive it. If we just stop and receive it, we can live it. But your ego, your pride, your anger, your judgment, your resentment keep getting in the way. And God is of love, and a person, in order to be born again, you must forgive. You must repent and be born again. You can't enter into the kingdom with unforgiveness in your heart. It's of the devil. You can't have two gods in the same kingdom. Did that help? Yes. Um, I have noticed that I can only be conscious, or I am, or I am only conscious when I do practice that exercise. The prayer. Yes. Yes. When I am um, um, being still, allowing things to, allowing thoughts to go by, I notice that um, at least half the time. It takes only seconds to actually get into a thought where it turns into a full-blown daydream. Yeah. And then something brings me out of it, and, you know, I, I try to practice it again, and then... And don't worry about it. Just, just like a little kid, you're growing. Do not freak out. Just be still and know God. That's all you have to do. Because of ourselves, we can do nothing. So we got to let go and let him do it. It's a spiritual thing. And that's the one thing I love about knowing this, because it takes away the struggle, struggle of trying to be on my own spiritual life. I mean, isn't it nice to be able to just live? Because we have a God that's greater than any other God. He made us, he knows us, he loves us. And all we have to do is just forgive ourselves and others. And we can enter in and live our life. Isn't it nice to live in a life where no one can make you angry? Where men don't have to act like women? Wouldn't it be nice to see real men again? There's nothing more disgusting. I can take an angry woman over an angry man because at least it looked natural with a woman doing it. But there is nothing worse than an angry male. It is like a female coming out of a male's body and it looks deformed. It's, am I right about it? And women hate angry men. And women are like, let me be angry. Don't you be angry too? One of us need to be the man. <laughs> There's nothing worse than an angry man. I talk to a lot of women, and they hate angry men. They hate them. Because it's unnatural for a man to be that way. It's not his natural state of being. Because the man represents God on earth. And God is not an angry man. He is a forgiven man, a forgiven spirit. He corrects. He, he uh he points the way to the thing. He's like a rock so that you can rely on him. Nobody can rely on an angry man. You can't even trust an angry man. I guess. <laughs> and men are ridiculous now. I work with a lot of them. It's disgusting. 
And then what's so bad is that you got these little boys coming up like this now. When I was, even when I was growing up, I had anger, but I wasn't an angry boy. You know what I'm saying? I didn't, I didn't have attitude like I see young boys with attitude nowadays. I had anger, but I was like a happy-go-lucky kind of a guy, too. If an adult says something to me, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. You know, I answered. But if you notice, if you haven't noticed, pay attention. These young boys are worse than the girls when it comes to attitude. Anybody else notice that? You seen that, Frankie? The young boys are like worse than the girls because they're becoming girls. They don't, their fathers are weak. Their fathers have not protected them. So they don't know this is not the way a boy should be acting. They just don't know because mama is in control of everything. Passing her identity down to them. Father is not saying anything about it. So it must be right. This spirit is deep. Satan is serious. And he's destroying everything that comes in his pathway in every kind of way that he can. And it starts at home first. Yes, ma'am. Uh, so I just wanted to know, so what we can do, what can we do? Or can we make ourselves aware? Can we, we sit down and we, you know, prayer? When you pray, you know, Christ, when you read the history of Christ, what he did Whenever he wanted to communicate with his father to know the father's will, he would pull away from the people and all the folks that he was dealing with and his disciples and all of them. Then he would go into a private place, into the mountains or, you know, wherever. You don't have to go into the mountains. You can go to your bedroom. And then you just sit quietly and just relax. Just close your eyes and just relax. And, and, and just be aware you know, of the moment. Don't be lost in your head thinking about what someone said or what you're going to do. What, and that's a distraction from the devil. But if you could just calm down and relax, then God will, the light will start shining. I'm telling you, he will allow you to start seeing. And once you get a glimpse of that, you can't turn back. But you got to just stop. You got to stop whimping and whining and begging. You don't need to lay all out and hoop and holler. You already know your needs. He just want you to be still so he can catch up with you. You got to see that you're wrong. You're wrong for hating. You're wrong for having fear. You're wrong for this or that. Just see it. And that's what he would cause you to do so that you could repent. The ego prevents you from seeing it. But he wants you to stop and see it so that he can cause you to be born again. But most people are running away from this very thing that should save them. You got to face that. So yes, ma'am, just calm down. There's nothing else that you can do. Just think about it. If you were able to change your life after all these years, you would have done it, right? Isn't that true? Mm -hmm. I can't hear you. Yes, yes. So why not just give up? You know what? I can't change it. Why am I fighting this thing? I can't change anything. Even the Bible says you can't make your hair grow. You can't do anything. You can put all the sulfur green cream and everything you want on it. Only God can make you. It happened. He is in control if we allow him to be. Other than that, your father, the devil, is in control. It's just that reality. We all must be born again. Yes, sir. Um, I wanted to comment on what Martin was asking about. Uh, how um, how do you you know how do you stay how do you stay in that prayer uh, mode? And something that helped me a lot was when you know when I see I go along with a thought, just recognizing it. And, and that's it, 
that helped me a lot because what I would do is I, I used to get irritated at myself. I saw I went along with a thought or a fantasy and oh man, you know, did it again. But just recognizing it and it makes it a lot lighter. Yeah. So it makes you more free. Be aware. Be aware. You know, long story short, my oldest son, he hated me. That's what you, you guys just heard, right? Because I wasn't there for him. He hated my guts. His mother had turned him away from me, lied on me, saying that I was, and I was trying to take care of him. They kept him from me. So he grew up hating me. And when he turned 18, he moved out here to California to get to know me. And that boy, man, talking about hell in a household. I'd rather have had a woman up in there than have. <laughs> but my son, he, everything, I hate, everything I loved, he hated it. He would cuss me out. I mean, literally cuss me up and down. You ever had your child cuss you out? No. You ain't never been cussed out until your child do it. He, um, he just, he was angry because he felt that I had deserted him. But thank God that I understood it because I felt the same way about my father. So I, that's why I didn't want a child out of wedlock because I understood that this, this boy is going to go through exactly what I went through. But thank God he had changed my heart before that boy came to live with me. And so he would just go off, he would run up my telephone bill, and I'm like, look, you keep running up my telephone bill, you out of here, buddy. I ain't letting nobody run up my telephone bill because I'm not wasting my money on somebody else's telephone. You ever done that? When you waste money on a telephone, it's like long distance calls that somebody else made, it's like throwing money to the wind. It's like getting a parking ticket and just going down to the, there and giving your money away, you have nothing to show for it. But anyway, he would just go dead off, and I would say, say to him, you know, Marvin, I understand how you feel, man. I told him, I'm sorry for not being there. I tried. Uh, I, I totally know how, how you feel. But you got you to gotta forgive me. You got to forgive for your sake. Because if you don't, you're going to pass this on to your children just like it was passed on to you. You got to forgive. And I said, when you, when you pray, you need to just be still so you can see your anger. So you can see it. And at first, he was like, I ain't going to do that. That's crazy. You know, he was like, didn't want to do anything that I would suggest. But God caused me not to feel one thing about his cussing me out and his anger. I didn't take it personally at all. I didn't feel disrespected. I didn't try to tell him, don't talk to me like that. I'm your father. I allowed him to get it out because that's all he had to give. That was there because I wasn't there for him to protect him. And so... Uh, finally, he just kept on going off and off, but I put him out because he, uh, he kept running up my telephone bill and all that kind of stuff, and he wouldn't work. You know how black guys don't like to work? He wouldn't work. So finally, he was out here in California and didn't know anyone but my, my aunt that lived here. So finally one day, I said, you know what? You're going to have to leave. I'm done. You got to go. And I put him out. He's like, well, I have nowhere to go. I said, well, that's your problem. And for me to figure out, you got to figure that out, buddy, but you got to go. I put him out, and out of nowhere, a couple of years later, I got a phone call from him saying, you know what, Pops? I'm sorry for the way I acted. I was wrong. Uh, um, I know now why I did it, but I'm sorry for holding that against you like that. And that boy dropped that anger, and so I'm like, well, what brought all this on all of a sudden? He said, I remember when I was so angry at you. You told me that I need to be still and see my anger, that I need to face it and overcome it. And so I started, he got one of my little CDs things and started praying, just sitting still and seeing that anger. And now I can't get rid of the boy. <laughs> I'm telling you, we have, 
And I used to say to God, God, please give me my son back because I read in the Bible that God's going to turn the kids back to the fathers and the fathers back to the children. So when I was, when he was out there and I couldn't get to him, I was saying, you know, please give my son back. I would love to have a relationship with my son. And we have the best He's deep now. He, he does the prayer. He can see things. He's protected his children. He, everything that he hated about what I said would say he now see it clearly. It was because I allowed him to get it out. I didn't allow him to express it and told him, even in the midst of the storm, you got to sit still and pray. you got to see your anger so you can overcome it and enter into the kingdom. And we have a, I mean, even with his children, and he used to tell me, you're not going to ever be in my kids. They're not going to know you. He was like, if you get sick, I'm not doing anything for you. If you turn old, I'm not going to help you. I'm like, I don't want your help. I didn't tell you, I'm well taken care of myself, you know. But that's what kids think when they're mad. They're, you know, they're not going to do it. But because he sat still and started to see his anger, God brought him out of it. And that's what's going to happen to you when you can be still and know. And his kids, his, his children love me. And I love them. I can talk to them. I can be with them. He want to take vacations together and all kind of stuff. But when... With my physical eyes, it looked like that would never be. But because I stayed on the right path and didn't take it personally because he was off that path and the way he acted, it wasn't me acting that way. It was somebody else acting that way, but I understood why he was acting that way. His whole life changed, and now it's passing down to his children. Isn't that great? And God will do the same for you. If you work on you, whatever you become is what your kids will become. They really will. Even if for now they're tripping, they're angry, they're acting out, don't worry about it. You just get right, get your spirit right, and God will bless your kids for you too. But you got to let your anger go. you got to be still and know him. Seek first the kingdom of God, which is within, and his right way, and all to be added. And the kingdom is right at hand. This body here is an illusion. The real body is inside of this house. The real body is right there. You just have to slow down and allow it to happen. So I want you guys to think about that. When you're, when you're living your life, don't be lost in your head. Stay in the moment. Practice being in the moment. And when you pray, just shut up and let God's will be known. Jesus didn't go up to the mountain and beg God for something. Oh, Lord, please give me insight. Oh, Lord, please give me a house. He just said, you know what? I'll be still and know God's will. What is your will for me? It's already inside of us. You just have to let it go. You're not going to get in there with anger because it is of your father and the devil. All right? Um, if you have any questions, you can email me, church at bondinfo.org, church at bondinfo.org. You can also call us 1-800-411-BOND, 1-800-411-2663. We need your support, and we'll help you, help us to help others. All the money that we get goes back into helping other people. And so we need your support, all right? Go to church info, church at bondinfo.org. We also provide counseling, even by phone. If you don't live in the city or in the state and you need counseling, you can call that 800 number, and we will help you. Uh, we will counsel you as well. Um, did this help a little bit today? Yes. Uh, we have, like, how many minutes we have left there? We, five minutes now? I want to ask just a few people, how did this help? Is this your first time here, sir? Yes. Did this help a little bit? Um, I, 
I, I would say you would get some benefit from uh, any undertaking you set out to do. And yes, I, anything I've said that you disagree with that I should could clean up for you, clear up for you. Uh, I don't know if you could clean it up uh, right now, but you did uh, say some things that I didn't agree with. Like what? Back when you were talking about uh, how um, kids are acting more like girls or boys acting more like girls. I don't see anger as any particular gender. You know, I don't. Uh, I don't think you should. Uh, uh, had I just expressed my thought when when I when when I uh, had it, I probably could express it a little more in detail. But that particular item, I didn't quite agree with. Right. I don't see anger as uh, any particular gender. Anger, I don't know. It's not an agenda, but it is a spirit. The way, the way you expressed it right. as uh, how uh, because uh, kids are being raised by their uh, by their uh, mothers or grandmothers, acting more like girls rather than than men, and men are weak. Um, I, I don't. I, I didn't agree with that. Right. And and I, that's a personal thing. So that's that. that got, no, no, no. Don't apologize. We have fellowship. I'm not so. Oh, okay. Um, Anger is a spirit that is, for the most part, passed down through the mother to the children. The natural state of men, because of that spiritual order that God has ordained, God in Christ, Christ in man, man and woman, man over woman, woman over children, a man's natural nature should be that of Christ, which is patient, love, understanding, protection, and they have a responsibility to spiritually protect uh, their wife and children from evil, and also to provide, but because the role has been switched during the Adam and Eve situation and all that kind of stuff, whenever that responsibility is given to a woman, it's not in her nature to do it, and she becomes angry about it. And what she does is, because it's not in her nature to raise children, she's like the vice president, is overwhelming to her nature, she becomes resentful about that. She hates the man for being weak by turning this over to her, and then she hates the fact that she can't control her children. And, and so she starts to impose herself on them, yelling at them, being impatient, and so on and so on. And then the kids start resenting that because it's too much for them to handle. And then the moment they start resenting, they become just like mama because you become like what you hate. And if it's not corrected, you grow up as a man becoming subject to mama, which causes you to become subject to other women. And it just goes on and on for that. But men don't naturally have that. It's passed down to them. That's why God put you as the overseer so that when your wife, if you do marry a woman who has anger already, then you're like a, a foundation, like a solid rock of love that will help her to see herself and overcome it so she doesn't pass it on to the children. It's a spiritual thing. It's not a gender. That make sense? Uh, as I said, had I brought my, my point to you when I had my thoughts more clearly, I could probably express my thoughts, and and uh, you would maybe understand, maybe not. No, I understand, I understand what you're saying, but at least think about it. Kind of watch and see. It's, watch and see. I, I'm not going to leave here angry about it. It's just I didn't agree with it. Yes. How about you? Any questions? Uh, this is your first time here, right? Yes. Anything you disagree with? No. Did you agree with what I said? Mm -hmm. So you see where I'm coming from. Okay. Are you related to him? Mm -hmm. In what way? 
so you see how mothers can pass that anger down to their children, right? Well, I, I can see how being a single parent, which I was before. Uh, hold that thought. We, I need to wind up. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate it. God bless you. And thank you guys. For more information or to purchase a copy of this show, visit us on the web at www.bondinfo.org or call 1-800-411-BOND.